Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. My next guest is a New Yorker who's travelled here to deliver the first of this year's IMI Masterclasses. Her speciality is looking at how high achievers keep their level of excellence. Her latest book, The Success Factor, Developing the Mindset and Skill Set for Peak Performance, has interviews with a plethora of high achievers, ranging from Dr. Fauci to Steve Kerr, no relation, the NBA coach. I'm delighted to welcome to both Ireland and to the show, Dr. Ruth Gosian. Hello, Ruth. How are you? Hello. Hello. How are you? Now, I'm intrigued, firstly, because I want to know what made you want to study high achievers? <laughs> That's a million dollar question, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was working at an institution where I, I was running what's called an MD-PhD program. The students would get both the MD and PhD simultaneously. And to get into this program that has a three and a half percent acceptance rate, you have to give up a lot in order to get accepted. And people did, and they sacrificed a ton. And then once they got in midway through, many quit and they were leaving. And I was baffled by that. And I wasn't the only one. Lots of people were. There were books written about it, articles written about it, every conference we talked about it. And in 20 years, the needle hadn't moved. And okay. So you studied a lot of people in the book route. And <laughs> can I ask you then, is there anything that connects the people in the book apart from being high achievers? There's actually four things that, that connect them. Right. Um, and that's what to me was, was so fascinating is, is that it doesn't matter if you're an astronaut or an Olympic champion. It's the same four elements. Well, let's and talk it, about those. Yeah. So first, I can tell you that it undoes everything that we've been taught. It's not just talent. It's not just waking up at 5 a.m. You ready for the first one? Yeah. All right. You got to have some what we call intrinsic motivation. You have to love what you do so much so that you would do it for free if you could. It's why you wake up in the morning and it's why you can't quiet your mind at night. You I get that. Find, yeah. You got to find out what you're good at and love. That's the first one. Right. You ready for the second one? Yeah. When you love what it is that you would do for free, if you could, when you're faced with a challenge, you're not going to quit because you love this so much. You can't not do it. So every time you're faced with the challenge, you never question if you will overcome the challenge. Instead, you focus on how. And one of the examples I talk about is an astronaut who had to apply for 10 years before she was accepted. But ultimately, she went on to become NASA's chief astronaut. So it was kind of worth it, huh? So, <laughs> That's the so, second one. Yeah, okay. And again, I get that. But when you take... It, it, you know, when you you got to take a lot of rejection. So when you reach mm-hmm. all the different challenges about getting there and, and achieving, you know, some people are better than others at picking themselves up off the ground and starting again. Is there, is there, when you say they're connected by that ability to do that, I've seen that, but I've seen it, I've seen it, I suppose, more intrinsically in some people than others. Yeah. Well, you know, at some point, it's hard to do it all by yourself. And all of these people surround themselves with a team of mentors who give them perspective and are their cheerleaders and and help them pick up the pieces when they can't do it themselves because we're human. We can't do it on our own. 
So that's what about number three. Number three, what made you good is what you stay doing even when you've hit all the top awards. That's why all the big NBA players, they do the same warm-ups you'd see any seventh grader do. You got to get really good at those techniques. You got to just over-prepare, not just prepare. That's why you're so good. That's the third one. Have that strong foundation. And does that does that skill level or that, you know, doing that same thing, surely that changes in terms of the progression of the business or whatever it is you're achieving that because that's all changing, does your your level of skill not have to change with it? It does, but you know what? It's all about the technique. It's all about the foundation. And it doesn't matter if you're arguing cases before the Supreme Court or if you're applying for the going for the gold medal in judo at the Olympics. It's all about doing those basic techniques that make you so good to the point that it becomes muscle memory. And once it becomes muscle memory, you just raise the challenges, raise the stakes so it becomes even better. Okay. So number four, then, to put us out of our misery, tell us what that is. Number four, this is the one that surprised me the most. You heard that all the the billionaires, they read three to eight hours a day. That's not what made them billionaires. What made them billionaires was that they were open to new knowledge. So sure, some of them do it by reading, like Bill Gates, but you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to radio programs such as this one, you can watch TED Talks, you can watch webinars, you can sit in a classroom. The point is, there's always more to learn and you have to always open your mind up to new knowledge and anyone can teach it to you. Someone older, someone younger, a peer, you just have to be open to it. And that I think is what makes a difference. And you also have to learn, I suppose, the right or the appropriate thing. So mm-hmm. it's only really beneficial if it's relative to your to your business or what it is you're doing. So picking out the new knowledge that you're going to learn there's a skill set around that too, no? There is, but you don't know what you don't know. And you don't yeah. know what can be relevant later. So you take in all this new information and you store it in your brain. And that at some point later, it might be useful. And then you could just pull it out. So now that we've discussed the four attributes, if we look, uh, can you give us then some examples of interviewees who embody each of the four attributes? Sure. So, you know, the intrinsic motivation, when I interview Olympic champions at the end of our interview, I always ask them if they can show me their medal. And this really surprised me because only two of them had it on display. One of them had it in in a nightstand drawer, on a shelf, in the safe. One of them had it in a brown paper bag in his sock drawer. Now, I thought this was really, really strange, but they said to me it was never about the medal right? It was never about the medal. And that's why that even when they won these big awards, they didn't come, they didn't come crumbling down. And as I thought about it, I don't know if a single Nobel Prize winner who quit doing science just because they won the Nobel Prize, what they did was they doubled down and they leveraged that platform. And they said, I have to use this, I have to do even bigger, I have to do even better. And that's what it's all about, right? Because they love it. So are you talking, Ruth, there about a kind of a a sense of humility that, you know, people really, even though they achieve great things, they may not want to talk about it or they may not want to, I suppose, appear to gloat on it. Is there any sense of that? 
for sure. It's definitely bigger than they are. You know, one of the people who I interviewed was Dr. Tony Fauci, who led the America's response to COVID. And when I interviewed him pre-COVID, you know, he dealt with every major virus, HIV, AIDS, Ebola, SARS. And I said, well, all these infectious diseases, how do you know what to focus on? And he said, when I can help millions of people that I will never have the opportunity to meet, that's when I know it's important. So they're picking things that are important, not just interesting. Yeah. And can the regular Joe or the ordinary person learn from these high achievers such as Dr. Fauci? How do we learn from them? Absolutely. These are all learnable skills. I believe success can be learned. And one of the things I talk about in the success factor in the book is how to take these lessons from them, how to figure out what is important, how to figure out what it is that you are intrinsically motivated to do and really then double down on it. So I take people through what's called a passion audit um, and I tell them how to cut out distractions that they may have. And I really teach them how to do all of this, how to have a circle of mentors, their own mentoring team who can encourage them. Because as I said, success can be learned. A passion audit. That's a new one on me now, I have to say. Um, (laughs) I wonder how I'd score on that. (laughs) Tell me this. if, If someone doesn't have that burning motivation, so it was the first point we talked about, uh, attribute number one. Yeah. So if you don't have that, should you quit and do something else? No, we all have it. We just have to find it. It's like peeling layers of an onion. And that's what I do when I coach people is I peel those layers back with tweezers one at a time to find out what people are truly motivated to do and then how we can embed that into their work. Everyone's got something they're passionate about. And if you want a hint, look at what you do on the weekends. Yeah, I work on the radio. (laughs) It's my passion at the weekend. (laughs) And you have found it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Tell me this, Ruth. uh, Last question to you. Did you have a favorite interviewee? I had so many. I had so many. Um, uh, Let's see. The one that surprised me the most was Apollo Ono, the most decorated winter Olympian. Um, Because... He's the one who kept his uh, medals in his in a brown paper bag in his sock drawer. Right. I was really impressed. He read every book on positive psychology and adult learning, and I felt like I was talking to a colleague, which was really cool. Um, wow. Yeah. And the astronauts, they were pretty amazing. <laughs> now, Ruth, I know you were over in Ireland this week for the IMI, where I think you were giving... What was it, two master classes? What was going on there? I am so excited to, to be here at the IMI, and, and the course is um, sponsored by Mason Hayes and Curran. And I'm going to be talking about these four mindsets that lead to high performance. And we're going to talk about all the lessons from the success factor and the lessons we learned from astronauts and Nobel Prize winners and NBA champions and figure out how to implement it in our own lives. What a great book to write. It's known. It's called... The Success Factor, Developing the Mindset and Skill Set for Peak Performance. Uh, The author is Dr. Ruth Godian, and really a pleasure to talk to you today, Dr. Ruth. Thank you for joining us. Likewise, thank you. Dr. Ruth Godian there, and she was here for the IMI earlier in the week delivering some masterclasses, which were sponsored by Mason Hayes and Kern. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.